Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Erwin Porras, Doctor of Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. Gracias por tus oídos. We are the number one fantasy football-related podcast hosted by the son of two Mexican immigrants, number one on the charts, number one in your hearts. Now, today I'm going to go into my injury tiers. You can go to FantasyPoints.com. You can find my volatility tiers. I have them for each position, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Maybe not every position, because I don't think quarterbacks is really necessary to do. However, if you want to have quarterback questions, hit me up on Twitter, at doc. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, not because I just want you to subscribe to my podcast, but also because the faster you get this information during the season, the faster you can make waiver moves, the easier it's going to be for you to win your league. Let's dive into running backs today. I wanted to start with a player who I don't really understand the love for. His name is James Conner. I've been on record saying and admitting that of all the players that I have confidence in, James Conner is one that I do not have confidence in. Here's why. Dating back to 2015, James Conner has had a significant connective tissue injury five out of the last six years. He's had an MCL surgery, and he's coming off turf toe surgery this offseason. He has not been able to stay on the field. In 2020, yes, he played 13 games. Yes, He was probably on track to play 16 without COVID. However, like I just mentioned, now he's got a very significant injury that he's coming off of, and it wasn't even football related. It was a non-football related injury. So I just have a really hard time trusting James Conner. So to drive the point home here, I'm going to give you James Conner's injury history one more time, dating all the way back to his rookie year. Complete MCL rupture that happens in less than 5% of cases a high ankle sprain in year two, an AC joint separation with a recurrence, then a contusion that same year, and he's coming off the turf toe surgery just now. What I don't understand is what James Conner has to do for fantasy managers to just let it go. Just let it go. The cop-out with James Conner is always, well, he's going in the late 12th, or he's going in even the 10th, or James Conner is the cheaper of the running backs out of the Arizona backfield. He's going in the late 69th. I don't care if James Conner was going in the late 69th, ladies and gentlemen, I don't. At this point, James Conner has shown us who he is. I wish him nothing but the best. I have no negative feelings towards him as a person, as an individual. He just simply cannot stay on the field. The level of enamor that is going on with fantasy managers, as if James Conner is an upside play, has me very confused because if anything based on his history, James Conner is a downside play. If anyone in that backfield should be targeted right now, it's Chase Edmonds. If anybody in that backfield should be targeted starting today, if you can get Chase Edmonds on your team today, he is the target. James Conner is not a ceiling play, ladies and gentlemen. Sure, accidents happen, flukes happen. Chase Edmonds could get injured, and James Conner could take the brunt of the load. But if we're playing the pure numbers, I don't understand how we're doing the math. In this case, 1 plus 1 is equaling 3. It doesn't make sense. Chase Edmonds is the guy you want in that backfield because of this unique situation with James Conner's medical history, his specific injury history. This isn't to predict anything, right? James Conner could play 17 games this year, and I would be surprised, but it's possible. But we're playing the odds. The odds over the last six years for James Conner have not been in his favor. He's not ancient, but he is a year older now. And Chase Edmonds is on the rise. And and Chase Edmonds is now the newest member of the Slim Thick squad. You might have missed it, but Chase Edmonds says that he gained weight and he lost weight. He's Slim Thick. 
You want slim, thick players on your roster. That's objectively correlated, a .99 correlation. You want slim, thick players. But really, in all seriousness, if anybody's going to miss time in that backfield, the more likely player to miss time is going to be James Conner. It's just basic math. It's logic. It's reason. I understand that you can get him very late, but that's just not the upside play. The upside play here, objectively, is Chase Edmonds. I'm not saying spend up for Chase Edmonds or Chase Edmonds will meet his ADP, but if you're swinging for the fences, James Conner is not the guy to go. James Conner is not going to win you your You can tag me on Twitter, at Doc, freezing cold takes, if that actually happens. If you are propelled to a fantasy championship because of James Conner, tag me in it, please. But if you're looking for upside, it is not going to come out of James Conner. If you're looking in that Arizona backfield, medical history, his injury history, and history in general just does not favor the odds. If you're swinging for the fences and you can get Chase Edmonds, he's probably going to have massive spike weeks this year if James Conner does miss time. That's what I have to say about that situation. James Conner is at the very bottom of my red light tier for running backs. Don't take him. Low upside. High downside. Another guy on my red light tier I want to talk about is Sony Michelle. Now, there's not a lot of empirical data for Sony Michelle to detract from Sony Michelle. And I understand Sony Michelle is also going very late, but he's another guy that I'm just not very interested in. He's at the bottom of my red light tier. He's had several surgeries on his knees. He's had fluid removed from his knees, I'm pretty sure. He's had a foot surgery. The guy is just consistently banged up, unfortunately. And so I would be nervous to take Sony Michelle. Not only because he's consistently banged up, but because those surgeries do take literal years off of running backs careers. And Sony Michelle has had so many inside the joint procedures on his knees that I'm just nervous that we're going to meet a cliff with Sony Michelle. I know that last year he looked okay. And I understand that he's not the oldest back in the world, but he is somebody that I just don't think has very much upside. If he can't stay on the field, that would obviously raise the ceiling on Daryl Henderson. But just for reference, Sony Michelle is 26 years old. For a player that's a maybe average or above average, that might be enough to slide him out of being a top performer, especially if the Rams don't use him in the right way. So Sony Michelle, another guy I'm avoiding. And one specific running back who I'm not avoiding based on health is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, since college, has played 93% of games that he's been eligible for. He's only had a concussion and a knee scope and then the foot issue, of course, since entering the league. He's stayed relatively healthy. There are two systematic reviews, and I know I've talked about this in the past, two systematic reviews talking about stable Liz Frank or mid-foot issues, sprains, that we presume Joe Mixon sustained last year. We know Joe Mixon was a guy who likely was pulled the plug on after Joe Burrow went down. We also know, based on a ton of evidence, that if a sprain is stable, and we assume his was, like I said, because he didn't have surgery, at least it wasn't reported, that he is going to be okay in terms of the foot. Does that preclude him from having another concussion or maybe a knee sprain? No, but it doesn't mean that he's at an elevated risk compared to any other running back on the face of this planet. That'll do it for running backs. Let's move on to wide receiver. I'm going to take the time to talk about Michael Thomas right now, simply because Michael Thomas might be going too soon in your draft. Based on the data, the literature, and what we understand Michael Thomas's injury to be, he's going to be out until at least week five. That's what we're looking at purely from a health perspective. However, there are plenty of sources out there, pick your source, pick your poison, indicating that the relationship between the Saints and Michael Thomas is not good. Yeah, newsflash. We've seen situations like this in the past where teams and players don't get along. A lot of times they don't end well. 
I'm not saying or predicting that's what's going to happen with Michael Thomas, but there is a possibility that for whatever reason, they don't see eye to eye. And Michael Thomas says, you know what? I'm going to take my time with this rehab. My ankle still hurts a little bit. That's a very realistic possibility. Okay. That's what's going on. So just be careful with Michael Thomas. I wouldn't take him prior to filling my starters. I might take him maybe before a quarterback or maybe before uh, a tight end if you're punting, if you're really desperate and you're really swinging for the fences. But the soonest I've personally taken him in drafts is the 10th round. So that's where I'm comfortable taking Michael Thomas as your wide receiver five-ish is what I would say. Another dude that I want to talk about in terms of wide receivers is Curtis Samuel. He's making me a little nervous simply because he hasn't came back from this groin injury yet. We know that the complications with soft tissue injuries can linger. This has been a situation going on since at least June. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't making me a little nervous. Just today, Tommy Adamopoulos, I hope I said that correct, reported that they're going to take it slow, that Washington's going to take it slow, and that Curtis Samuel still isn't back on the field. So that really tells me that this was either a very significant injury or they're being extra cautious. And both things can be true. However, if they decided this was a really severe groin strain and they decided against surgery despite maybe surgery needing to be an option then Curtis Samuel is going to be extremely volatile this year it's not to say that he can't stay healthy but you would like to see him get in at least one full practice before week one otherwise I'm a little nervous about Curtis Samuel all right folks that's going to do it for today I'm going to give you a little teaser a handful of running backs and wide receivers to entice you to go to the site use 21 porras 10 promo code for 10% off. I want you to go and read those articles. Let me know exactly what you think. If you disagree, go to fantasypoints.com, read my running back, wide receiver, and tight end tiers. They're injury related. They're basically rankings. I do my best to bring that information to you. Coming soon, I'm going to talk some injury discounts in the future. So make sure to subscribe, follow, etc. Then after that, I'll do some injury discounts. Players who I don't think necessarily are going to match their ADP or are a risk to not match their AP. So that'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at FB Injury Doc. Gracias por tu suyo.